Exodus 13. And uh, if you'll find uh, verses 17 and 18, that's where we'll take our text from this evening. Hadn't it been good to be here? Aren't you glad you didn't stay home? You could have. You worked today. You're tired. Took care of the business of the day, wherever you found yourself. But but I'm glad tonight that I'm in church. Amen. And uh, my heart's been helped already. And uh, it's our desire to be a help and a blessing to you. And uh, let's look there at Exodus chapter number 13. I'll invite you to stand. We'll just read two verses, but we'll give you an opportunity to stretch your legs. You've been sitting for a while. But we'll look at uh, Exodus 13 and uh, look at verses 17 and 18. All right. Exodus 13 and verse number 17. The Bible said, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. You can be seated tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this uh, atmosphere that we've been able to experience tonight. Lord, we thank you for your house. God, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the miracle of the church. God, we're thankful, Lord, that it, each of us are different, Lord. God, we've been grafted in. We've been, uh, Lord, baptized into one body by your Spirit. And Lord, we're thankful, God, that we're part of the church of the living God. And uh, God, thank you, Lord, tonight for the difference that you've made in our life. Thank you, Lord, for testimonies that we've heard. God, about how you can change us and how you can make a difference in our life. And we're so thankful for that. Lord, I pray tonight, God, that you'd help us, Lord, as we stand to preach. Lord, I know the place that I stand in. Lord, it's a needful place. And God, I know some of us are tired, but Lord, I pray that we wouldn't focus upon that. But God, that we would set our affection, Lord, upon things above. God, we'd set our attention upon the Word of God and upon you tonight. And Lord, I pray, God, that your Spirit would empower us. Lord, that you'd help us, God, that you'd give us ears to hear and a heart to receive the word of God. And I pray that you would encourage your saints and encourage your servants tonight. Lord, and exhort us, Lord, to more holy living. Pray that you draw us closer to yourself. God, that you draw honor and glory out of this service for yourself. I ask you, Lord, that you'd forgive me where I failed you. Lord, where I've sinned against you, Lord, and I pray that you would receive maximum glory, God, for everything that is said and done in this service. And we pray it, God, in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. As we come to Exodus chapter number 13, we know that Moses, of course, wrote this book, but he's writing about the instances that took place in he leading the children of Israel out uh, of Egyptian bondage. We know that God raised him up for that special and specific purpose tonight. And God did that because he wanted to bring them into a land that he had prepared for them. It was a land of promise, even though it was inhabited by others, even though they seemingly possessed the land at that time. It had God's name on it. And it had the names of the people of God upon it because that was their inheritance and that was their possession. In leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and leading them out of slavery, the Bible tells us that they came to the Red Sea. And we know the story about that, how uh, there were mountains and there were obstacles. And then Pharaoh and his army was in pursuit of the children of Israel and they came 
to the Red Sea and it seemed like there was no way out. But God delivered like He did time and time again. And it was God's plan and God's desire to bring the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. But we know that that's not what happened. We know that there was a a delay and there was a detour uh, on part of the children of Israel, namely because of their murmuring and their complaining. But we can sum all of that up in one word, and that word is disobedience. But I'm glad tonight in the midst of their disobedience and in the midst of their flesh and even in the midst of their rebellion, God still sovereignly uh, did a work in their lives and did something even though uh, they complained and even though they murmured, God still used those instances in the wilderness for their good and for His Glory. We could say it like this. God wanted to bring them through the Red Sea and God wanted to bring them into the land of Canaan but we could maybe describe it like this and we could say that the wilderness experience even though as unpleasant as it was was a divine detour that was necessary in the lives of the children of Israel. Sometimes in our life we have our plan and we have things lined out to what we think the will of God is supposed to be for our life. But I'm glad that God will interject and God will butt in and God God will allow us to take a spiritual detour at times in our life and God has a plan and a purpose uh, for all of it. God uses those detours in our life to accomplish in us that which He desires. I'm going to preach tonight on this thought on God's design for detours. God's design for detours. Maybe when you got saved, you began on your Christian walk and maybe you kind of pictured that things would be different. Maybe you considered and thought about the will of God and you kind of had something in your mind's eye as to how life was to go. But here you are some years later and things haven't exactly worked out the way that you thought they would. Things haven't gone according to your plan. But you can rest assured tonight that there is a God in heaven who has a will and has a purpose for you And He is working that in you even now while we're here tonight in church. God has a design for the detours in our life. I want you to consider when we think about this detour, number one, consider with me in the text God's guidance in the detour. Look there in verse number 8. The Bible says, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. You say, well, I thought they murmured and I thought they complained and that is what got them into the wilderness. Understand that that is the case. But behind all of it, God foreknew what they would do. God understood who they were. Just like you and I tonight. He knoweth their frame and He remembered that they were but dust. And He knew that they would murmur and He knew that they would complain. But I'm glad tonight that in the midst of all, they were in the the palm of the hand of God and it was God that was leading them about just like our Savior in the Gospels. You think about it tonight. He fasted there uh, in the wilderness and he overcame the devil but it was the Spirit of God that led him into that place tonight. Amen. 
God is leading us about and it is God that is keeping us and it's God that's seeing us through tonight and all the while we understand that God is guiding His children tonight. Amen. God's guidance is possible in our life tonight. If we find ourselves in some detoured way if things are not exactly fitting together like we think that they ought to we've got to rest in the fact and understand that it is God that is guiding us God has brought us safe thus far. Jesus has seen us up to this way. And he's not brought us this far to forsake us or to turn us aside or to cast us off. Thank God God is leading us about and he's going to see us through tonight. Amen. God's guidance available. God's guidance is available, excuse me, to those who are redeemed by him. As we said tonight, God had led His children by Moses out of Egyptian bondage. He secured their exit from that place called Egypt by taking that blood and putting it on the doorpost. Amen. The sacrifice of a lamb is what secured their exit and was able to get them out of that bondage and get them out of that slavery tonight. Amen. Listen, God has pledged Himself to those that are redeemed by His blood. It wasn't their merit that got them out. It certainly wasn't their good works. It wasn't any talent that they possessed but they made their way out of that place through the blood tonight I'm glad tonight that you and I we've been saved by the grace of God not by our own merit not by anything that we've done not because of any talent or accolades but I'm glad we're secured by the blood and those that God has put his name on and those that God has purchased to himself he's promised to see us through all the way to glory tonight amen God's guidance is available to those who are redeemed by Him. But can I say that God's guidance is available to those that are ruled by Him. God led His people and they followed. But there must be a willingness to follow. The children of Israel could have turned aside. They could have fled and they could have went back to, back to Egypt. As a matter of fact, we find that it was revealed in their heart that some of them complained and they even compared the bondage and they compared their life unto those taskmasters. And listen, they were thinking carnally and they were thinking with their stomach. And when they thought about Egypt, you know what they talked about? They talked about the food. They talked about the pleasures of the flesh. They talked about the things that they enjoyed even though they were in bondage, even though they were there under those harsh taskmasters. When they thought about the old country and they thought about their life in Egypt, their mind went back to the carnal pleasures, those temporary, those temporal things that are just passing and fleeting tonight. Amen. But there was a willingness to follow God's man and there was a willingness to follow God and He not, must not only be recognized as our redeemer tonight. He's gotten us out through the blood, but he must be recognized as our ruler. There was some debate years ago, long before many of us came along, there was a debate as to whether you were to make Jesus Christ your Savior and make Him your Lord later. You trusted Him as, as Savior and then later on in life you made some steps and you, you proclaimed Him as Lord. But th- that's totally backwards. 
That's totally foreign from the scripture tonight. Amen. The Bible declares to us that God had made Jesus Christ both Lord and Christ tonight. Amen. He's either Savior and Lord and He's Lord and Savior or He is not Savior and Lord at all tonight. Amen. You don't get a free pass, a get out of hell car free card when you make Him your Savior and then decide later that you want to make Him a Lord. Listen, when you come under His rule, and you trust Him by faith. Listen, it's a package deal tonight and your Savior is your Lord and your Lord is your Savior tonight and when we commit our life to Christ we are submitting ourselves to His will tonight. Amen? Guidance is available to those who are redeemed by Him, those that are ruled by Him, and those that are resting in Him tonight. Amen? We are to submit to His authority. And He is our Lord. But I'm glad tonight that we can rest in Him. Amen. Knowing that His will is best. Paul described the will of God in Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 2. He said that the will of God is good and it is acceptable and it is perfect. That's not three distinct areas of God's will. That is one perfect will that God has for our life. And to do the will of God in our life is good. And, and it's, it's acceptable to God. But it is perfect in the sight of God tonight. Amen. His way is good. His way certainly is acceptable. But His way is perfect. Tonight, just a, a, a few thoughts about the will of God. Number one, the will of God is, is personal to us tonight. God has a will for you. While God has a will for this pastor in this church collectively, God has a will for you as an individual tonight. And can I ask you a question? Do you know what God's will is for your life? I understand tonight that there are some things that you don't have to pray about. You don't have to seek God's face about reading your Bible. You don't have to seek God's face about praying. You don't have to seek God's face about tithing. You don't have to seek God's face about being a witness. You don't have to seek God's face about having a thankful spirit and an attitude of gratitude towards our Heavenly Father. You don't have to pray about those things. And there are some things that we do have to pray about and we do have to do but instead of worrying about the things that you don't know get familiar with the things that you know that God would have you to do and get busy about the Father's business and do the revealed will of God and as you walk in the revealed will of God the unrevealed will of God will present itself the will of God is personal while good advice is valuable you can talk to every preacher in the zip code in the region you can get their advice and you can get them to roll it over and you can see what they think. That's all right. But there is no substitute for the will and the wisdom of Almighty God tonight. Amen. We see that the will of God is personal. We think about the will of God being progressive. Psalm chapter number 37 and verse number 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Direction is given step by step. When we talk about that revealed will of God, we do and what we know God would have us to do. And we walk in that light and then God will reveal more of that light for us. The will of God is personal. The will of God is progressive. Sometimes the will of God is perplexing. Things that we don't understand. 
when I got saved, I had no idea. I didn't even know there was such a thing as Rossville, Georgia. I didn't know there was a Chickamauga, Georgia. I, I, did, I never knew anything about this area. I, I had no intention of, of ever coming to Chattanooga. But God has a way of working His will in our life. And, and here we find ourselves today. We didn't understand. We, we didn't, weren't able to put all of the pieces together. But here we are. God has led us every step of the way. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. His leading is often the source of surprise and perplexity. But even though it seems strange, we can take consolation in the fact that God is guiding us tonight. We can look back over our life. We may not have been able to see it then. But I guarantee you, you can sit down and you can say God was doing this and God was doing this and God was doing this. And people talk about what they know that God spoke to them about and that's fine. But listen to me, I can count about on one hand the things in my life that I absolutely know without the shadow of a doubt that I was supposed to do. Number one, I know that I was supposed to get saved when God called my name as a 14-year-old boy. I know that as a 20-year-old young man, when God spoke to my heart and wanted me to preach, I was supposed to preach. I know without a shadow of a doubt that I was supposed to marry Celeste Gravely. I know without the shadow of a doubt, while going home in my truck on I-75 South, God spoke to my heart and He said, you're moving to that church and you're going to go to that Bible college and that's my will for your life. There's a whole lot of stuff in between that I'm not real sure about. I didn't know if it was God or not, but I'm glad that there are some memorials in my life that I can look back on and say, I know God spoke to me and I didn't understand it then and I couldn't put it all together. Oh, but thanks be to God that we can rejoice in the will of God tonight. We can look back and we can see the hand of God moving in our life. We see the guidance in the detour. Rest assured, child of God, God is guiding you. You may not understand it. Now, there are things in my life right now, tonight, I don't know what God is doing. But I'm trying my best just to trust Him tonight. Amen. Because God led those people about. And just as He led them, they didn't really know where they were going. Moses showed up and said, hey, God's got a patch of country that he wants to give you. He's the God of your fathers. You've been in bondage for 400 years. Hey, by the way, let's go. We're leaving out. We're going to sacrifice a lamb. We're going to put blood on the doorpost. All right. If you say God spoke to you and that's what God said to do, let's go. Let's get the lamb together. Let's get our shoes on our feet. Let's get our staff in our hand. Let, let's eat that meal in haste and let's get to where God is. God was guiding them and God led the people about. We see the guidance in the detour. Number two, we, we, we want to examine the goal of the detour. Why would God use such strange means to direct His people? Now, if you've ever looked at a map of Egypt and Canaan and the surrounding areas, there's not a whole lot of distance from where the children of Israel were in bondage and where God wanted them to go. But whenever we consider the wilderness wanderings, here's what they did. They went... And they, deep, they came to Kadesh Barnea and they went down into the wilderness and they went round and round and round and figure eight and crossed ways and up and down and all over. 
And you say, why would God do that? Well, there are a couple of aspects to consider tonight and think about. Number one, there was the negative aspect of it. God did not want them discouraged, dispirited, or defeated. You say, well, why didn't God just put them in Canaan if He didn't want them discouraged? Because the fact of the matter is, it's here they were off of this spiritual high and this hype. They'd been led out of Egypt and they had been slaves for all of these years. They didn't know anything about warfare. They didn't know anything about conquest. And if God would have taken them out of Egyptian bondage and led them through the Red Sea and took them straight into Canaan, There were Philistines in that area. There were Canaanites and Hivites and and Jebusites and all kinds of parasites tonight. Amen. And if they would have went into that area, they would have seen those armies. They would have been overtaken with fear and they would have been back to Egypt. That's exactly what the Word of God says tonight. Amen. Look what he said at the end of verse number 17. He said, although that was near the land of the Philistines, For God said, let's peradventure, or by chance, the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. You say, preacher, why is it tonight that God has allowed certain things to befall my life? Why is it that God has taken me on this spiritual detour? Why can I get over here when I'm currently right here and I throw my hands up and I don't know where I'm at and I don't know what I'm doing and boy sometimes we like to act like we've got it all together but I'm telling you the the cry of our heart is oh God help me I need you if I'm left to myself I'm going to mess up and I'm going to make a mess of things God I need you and I need your direction in my life God is allowing those things to happen in your life tonight because God is preparing you for what is down the road God has an inheritance just like he did for the children of Israel God has something that he wants you to do some aspect of his will and the reason he's not brought you to it right now is because he's got a divine detour and he's trying to teach you some things in the wilderness There are things right now, battles in our future that if we faced them now, we'd surely face defeat. But God is preparing us. There are tests in life that we must take until we pass. You ever been through that school? God will allow you to go through something and instead of taking the spiritual route, you'll complain, you'll murmur, You'll grumble about the situation and wish it was different. Wish that God would change the situation. Things seemingly get better and then here we come back around full circle. And we're going through it all over again. We've got to take that test. And we must take it tonight until we pass. God led them out of Egypt. He brought them into the wilderness. God had led them out of Egypt and brought them out of Egypt. But there was still some Egypt in them that God wanted to get out of them. You know why God allows difficulty in our life? Because God wants to get me out of me. And He wants less of me and more of Him in my life tonight. The negative aspect and then of course the positive aspect. God wants us to be dependent He wants us to be developed. 
And He wants us to be disciplined tonight. God wants us to be more dependent. He puts us in situations where we have nowhere to turn but Him. What were they going to do in the wilderness? What were they going to eat? What were they going to drink? How were they going to live? They were to be fed and furnished by the hand of God. The Bible tells us that He led them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of cloud by night. In Egypt, they had garlic and onions and, and leeks. Stuff that make your breath stink. <laughs> but you know what he gave them in the wilderness? He gave them manna, and he gave them quail. And he gave them just enough. Why? Because he wanted to teach them that they were to be dependent upon him. God wants us to be more dependent. He wants us to be more developed. When they reached the Red Sea, instead of trusting God, who had already delivered them, they complained they weren't strong enough. As we said, God uses difficulty to develop our faith. Job said this, he said, When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Then God wants us to be disciplined. He wants us to be able to respond in faith to any situation that arises. I mean, you think about this tonight. You've got, the, you've got Pharaoh and his army behind certain death. And then here they are. They're, they're at the, the Red Sea. I mean, they've been in, in bondage for 400 years. I don't think any of them knew how to swim. And here they were up against the wall. And God delivered them. And I believe tonight that he wanted to teach them if God could part those waters, then any army that we face, any difficulty that we may have, it'll be no match for our God. God saved you. Isn't it amazing tonight that you and I can trust him with our eternity, but we can't trust him to pay a bill? We, we can trust Him with our eternal salvation. But boy, something comes up and boy, we just we get the ring in our hands, don't we? Listen, if He's God enough to save you, He's God enough to take care of you tonight. Amen. Have I been guilty of murmuring and complaining? Certainly I have. I need to restrain my tongue and rest in His will tonight. Resign my will to His. And then finally tonight we see the grace of the detour. I want you to consider with me all the ways that God led them about and how God provided for them. We'll not expound upon them, but I'll just mention them to you tonight. From Egypt to Sinai and from Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, grace is seen over and over and over again. At the Red Sea, He revealed His mighty power. At Marah, He revealed His merciful provision. That was where He cast the tree into the bitter waters. At the wilderness of sin, we find His mat patience. They murmured against Moses. Isaiah chapter number 63 and verse number 9 says in all their affliction he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and his pity he redeemed them and he bared them and carried them all the days of old. Every step of the way God met their needs with his provision. There at Rephidim we find his marvelous Preservation. You know what happened there at Rephidim? Moses smote that rock. Water came out. Delivered them there from Amalek later on. And there at Sinai, His majestic presence, God 
made a covenant with his people. Brought them out of Egypt. Provided for them over and over and over and over again. Gave them a law to live by. And allowed them finally through Joshua to go into a land of promised possession. You know what that is tonight? That's the grace of God. God saved us and God has sanctified us and God has done all of that for His name's sake and He blesses us and He takes care of us over and over and over again. And our life as we examine it, it's just grace upon grace, isn't it? God uses the detours in our life to show us that He wants, us, wants to provide for us. The Bible talks about in verse number 18, and I'll be done, He said, but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. When you think about a harness, you harness an animal. Number one, that signifies ownership. That animal belongs to that master. That, an, that master puts that harness on that animal. Why? Because it belongs to him tonight. God harnessed them and God led them about. Why? Because they belong to Him. You belong to Him tonight. That harness not only represents ownership, but it also represents obedience. You put that harness on that animal. That harness, that animal has a will and that animal has a choice, but that harness leads about that animal. That animal submits its will to wherever the master wants to go. And then you think about a harness, you think about that, that, that represents order tonight. An animal who is wild, an animal who has not been tamed, once it's domesticated or it's tamed, you put that harness on it and that represents order tonight. Listen, God has an order for His children. We're not just to live about in this world as we please, as they did in the book of Judges, doing what is right in our own eyes. But God has a divine order for our life. And I promise you this, that God's plan is far better than your plan tonight. God's will is far better than your will tonight. You say, preacher, but there are just some things that I can't let go of. You don't understand. This thing's got a hold on me. Listen, if you'll get right with God tonight, if you'll turn loose of whatever it is that you're holding on to and say yes to the will of God, whatever it is that you let go of, I promise you what God replaces it with, it'll be so much better. And never in a million years could you have dreamed or fabricated or fashioned it up in what God wants to do in your life tonight. Whenever you face a detour, whenever you're in an area in life that you don't understand, I know this is simple tonight, but at the same time, sometimes it's profound too. Just trust God. We'll get the ring in our hands. We'll look somewhere else. We'll look way this way and we'll look that way. And we don't know which way. Listen, just trust God. Just trust God tonight. You say, you come here all the way on a Wednesday night just to tell me to trust God. I sure did tonight. Because I need the reminder and you need the reminder tonight. Amen. Listen, God is faithful. And wherever He's led you, whatever He's doing in your heart and life, He has a purpose for it. Amen. Let's stand together.